You're tuned in to the Here to Last podcast, where we have authentic and meaningful conversations on topics that matter in life. I'm your host, Deborah Chan. We only have one chance at life, so it matters what we listen to. So lean in. So I was riding my bicycle one morning and I was thinking about what I should talk about. I thought about the conversations I've had lately and what has stirred my emotions and made me think a little deeper. Well, there are actually quite a few on the list, but I am in the midst of collecting my thoughts so that I can clearly communicate it when the time comes. But there is one thing, one topic that has been nagging me recently, and that is the strength and weakness of marriages in current times. So in the past few years, I've had friends get married, friends longing to be married, friends thriving in their marriage, friends fighting for for their marriage to be alive. And then there are also some that have walked away from the fight altogether. And the spectrum is wide. And what it tells me is that marriage is not the be-all and end-all. It really is a journey. Marriage is not just hard work. But in this very journey, there are twists and turns. And there are times that we don't know where we're going and find ourselves in uncharted territory. And that's when we need a map, right? It's a journey that involves two people at the very least. But the truth is... Marriage involves a whole community, and at times, that takes a lot more juggling. So it saddens me, and it also surprises me and shocks me at the same time when I hear of young couples wanting to deal the divorce card even before they reach a decade together. And when I looked into this and when I did a little bit of research, the national statistics actually have numbers to show for it. And in 2019, you know, the, the numbers are staggering. It records that there are 12, it, there is a 12% increase in the divorce rates. And that's close to 51,000 people signing and cancelling off their I do's. And what is most revealing about these statistics is that they are lives and that most of the divorcees are actually in their mid thirties. That is around my age. That are my peers. So it really got me thinking and it stirred me up. And sometimes, you know, I, I wake up in the middle of night thinking also about like, you know, marriages and what's happening to our generation. So without going into like research papers and findings and stuff like that, I, I can look at my own life and make some observations about also my peers, right? Uh, without making really hard assumptions. Why is it that most of the divorcees are in their 30s. Maybe because in your 30s, you know, individuals are really climbing the corporate ladder and the corporate ladder is highly stressed and maybe a couple's path may start diverging, you know, new work taking you to new opportunities, maybe a chance to relocate, a change of jobs, whatever it is. It could also be a time where couples actually start having children and settling down. And, you know, children may not stop at one or two, you know, it, it may be more than three or four or whatever. And adding children to the fold actually changes the dynamics of a marriage. Well, children, you see, will always be a delight. But can we 
as couples and in marriages handle the changes that come with it. So with every season of change, it requires greater give and take. And if that doesn't happen, marriages may start seeing cracks in them. So with all this being said, I sincerely believe that a marriage and that union is a powerful one. It's a beautiful and meaningful one, but it can also be messy at times. But that's life, right? And no part of life is actually squeaky or super clean. Every part of life at different seasons has its own rough edges. And it's it's in the mess that we find even more meaning. But we really need to get through the mess to be able to find that meaning. So this in this episode, I, I really wanted to talk about marriage. And in the past 12 years of being married to my best friend, Terrence, I've, we've had some crazy ups and downs. And, um, and in that we've had, you know, we have two little children with us now. We lost one during a miscarriage earlier on in our marriage. And, um, and we've gone through like, you know, several relocations. We started off as, as partners for life, as best friends and then partners for life. And now we've added on business partners to the mix as well. So in, in different seasons, you know, you see different complexities. Our marriage, our marriage, my marriage is nowhere near perfect. But as I dug a little deeper, I really wanted to find out what keeps our marriage going. And in this episode, I just wanted to share five significant and consequential things that have kept our marriage alive. So this is a bonus episode because uh, Terrence, my significant other, is jumping in to give his wisdom. So make sure you stick around till the very end. So let's go. Here are the five things. And the first one is this. Know your common goal in the relationship. Well, we all know that it's important to have goals in our life, right? When it comes to a marriage, it's not just a personal goal, but it has to be a mutual goal. One that is shared by both of us and one that is pursued by both of us. Well, it started getting to me when I saw like, you know, hashtags popping up on Instagram uh, so often, the hashtag couple goals. It's littered all over Instagram. It's when we see a nice quote, read a great story, see a nice picture of two warm and fuzzy couples. You know, that hashtag appears all the time. But what does it actually mean? What do couple goals actually mean? So goals are very personal and it differs from one couple to the other. Don't make another person's, another couple's couple goal your goal as well. You really need to dig deep to see what your, your personal, uh, sorry, your couple goal is. It's like a destination chosen by the couple to strive towards and to arrive at, right? The last thing I want is for someone else to determine where that destination is. And common goals are so important because it's helpful for us when we arrive at crossroads and we have to make major decisions in our life. So I'll give you an example. One of my 
common couple goal is that we strive to make life as balanced and holistic as humanly possible. What that means is that we share the workload around the house. We intentionally make time for exercise so that we're physically fit and we know each other's schedules down to the T so that we can be a check and balance for each other when things go a little bit crazy, hectic in the house and at work. We make time to pray and we recognize the need for community around us. The common goal is that we want to make life as balanced and holistic and as holistic as possible. Um, another example could be, you know, one of our other goals is that God will and must always come first in our life and that our marriage is more than just the two of us. Whatever good that comes out from our marriage is an overflow of God's work in our life. That's a mouthful in terms of goals. But how that plays out is that when we have to make major decisions in life, whether it is about work or life or family, we both go to God individually to hear from Him first. And the green light only comes when we have both heard from God personally and there is a confirmation. Why? Because the common goal is that God must always come first. I'll give you one last example. And this is, this might be easier to kind of like, you know, break down. Um, we seek to challenge each other to be better and to strive for greater things together. And what does that mean? It means that we are each other's best cheerleaders, even when we don't feel like it. And in seasons where one of us have to take a back seat, and trust me, those seasons will come. We learn to ask, how can I help you to the other person? I honestly learned this firsthand from Terence, my husband, when I realized that he was constantly asking me, how can I help you? Or how, how can I be of help? And that is, that to me was such a point of humility that, that, you know, it reminded us and reminded me of the goal that both of us set together and it was a vow that we made on our on our marriage day to seek to challenge each other so that we will be the best version of each other. The second thing is this. Talk about your expectations frequently. Gosh, I remember my first year of marriage to be the most rocky and I think Terence will testify to this. While we have been best friends since forever, like since when we were teenagers, I thought getting married would be all so natural, but it was quite the contrary. It was unexpectedly rocky during the first year of marriage. Living together takes the relationship to a whole new level. And the biggest lesson I learned was how to communicate and to communicate well in my first year of marriage. Well, I'm going to go out on the limb here a little bit, but I believe that 99% of most relationship conflicts is a result of a lack of or bad communication. Expectations are so vital because everyone has desires and wants, right? And the beautiful part about a marriage and a relationship is when those desires and wants are met. So I think it's important that we don't assume that our spouse or our partner knows exactly what's going on in our heads and in our minds. That was a mistake I made time and again earlier on in marriage. And I admittedly say that sometimes I still do. 
Assumptions shut the other person out before giving him or her a chance to speak. So never make an assumption about your partner or about your spouse before speaking to him or her about it. So if ever you find yourself thinking, well, he should know this, right? Or she should know better. Or why am I not getting what I want or desire? Ask yourself if you have actually communicated it clearly and enough before you make a judgment on it. The third is this. Talk about children. I mean like literally. Terence and I waited five years before we had kids. And when we did, our world changed forever. Okay, so it's not doom and gloom. It's just a fact. Children change the dynamics of a marriage significantly. And children are here to stay. So you need to be ready for them. I remember going on our first dinner date after having our first child, Seth, and both of us could not stop talking about our newborn baby. While truth to be told, a majority of our conversations now have mentions of our kids littered all over. But I've learned that when we become parents, our marriage must still come first before our children. So as a mother, it's so easy to let the joys and the pains and the responsibilities of motherhood take over, right? But the fact is, without our marriage, there will be no children. The question is, what does having children mean for our journey of marriage? I was very certain that I wanted children and so was Terence, but only through the parenting journey that I realized the full significance of little ones and what it means. So they're not just a bundle of joy and cuteness and a lot of mess, but for us, children are our legacy. We raise them up and sow into them the values and the lessons that will perpetuate long after we're gone. I love the Bible verse that says children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So we're not just cleaning up mess and cooking food and fetching kids back and forth and maybe sometimes getting into a bit of a squabble with our spouse because of our kids, but we are honing and sharpening little arrows for greater purpose. Now, the challenges and the joys of parenting is a shared gift and privilege, and it has to be an extension of our marriage. So the stronger our marriage is, the better we can be as parents. Talk about children and talk about children in a deeper way with our spouse. Here's another deal breaker. Finances, finances, finances. Truth is, we can't survive without money, right? While this can be a whole conversation on its own, and I'm deeply passionate about it, if you can't already hear it, I think it is oh so important to talk about finances in our marriage and with our spouse because money matters are among the most common causes of conflict in marriages worldwide. It involves decision-making control and power and, and trust and all that kind of stuff. It actually changes the dynamics of a couple if you allow it to. So during the course of marriage, there are bound to be emergencies or situations where money is needed, right? It's important to talk about these things before it actually happens. 
How are you going to cope with it? What happens if something happens, you know, some emergency happens? Where is the money going to come from? Who is going to pay for what? Just like expectations, make no assumptions about it and talk about it before it actually happens. So one very practical thing that has worked for my marriage is that my husband and I both are on the same page when it comes to financial caution. What that means is that we're both very aware of the maximum amount that we're willing to spend on something. And beyond that maximum amount, we consult each other. There will be a lot of things that involve money in life. In fact, almost everything involves money in life. From home improvements to travel decisions and medical bills and loan repayments and school fees and so forth, right? The more transparent we are with our money, the easier it will be to navigate these things in our marriage and in our decision making. And on that note, I stand on the fact that whatever is my money is his money and whatever is his money is also my money. If a marriage is a union, so should our bank accounts. I know it's a little bit far-fetched for some people because I've had conversations about this before, but I truly think that transparency is the way to go when it comes to money. And lastly, focus on the friendship. Remember the endless hours on the phone with your significant other when you were dating? Times when you had to say a million goodbyes and still cannot seem to end the call. Remember those days where you giggled and laughed at silly things? When things get tough in marriage, remember those days that form your relationship because every relationship started off with a friendship and it is also the friendship that will take you through a relationship. It is so easy to get caught up in the daily grind, right? And fail to protect our friendship, the very thing that brought us together. We need to love each other, but we also desperately need to like each other. Make sure your conversations are peppered with things aside from chores and tasks and work and maybe even children. Find time and make time to do things that you both love and enjoy and have fun, man. Have fun in marriage because it is the greatest partnership that you will ever have on planet Earth. Marriage takes work, but will end up better people for it. So it's never a 50-50 when it comes to a marriage relationship. It's always a 100% from each other. And when you bring your A game and you bring your 100%, that is when the marriage works. They say, well, I've heard sayings that marriages bring out the best and the worst in people. I've said it. You have probably said it as well. And it is so true. But what a privilege it is to have someone journey with you on this journey called life. I think there is something to be said about struggling together. We don't fight against each other, but we fight for each other and together for the good of each other. All 
Alrighty, we have reached the end of this episode, but as promised, this is a bonus episode, so my significant other, Terence, is going to jump in and try to wrap things up for us. So we're going to hear from him. Shall we get to it? So let's hear it from my significant other, shall we? Hi Terence, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, hello listeners of Here to Last. Is this my, like, my first time on your show? Indeed, and this is your debut. And I'm going to make your debut actually quite difficult. I, I want you to dig deep and tell us a little bit of wisdom. Give my listeners one advice that uh, has worked for you or for us in the past 12 years of marriage. Okay, that's a, that's a tough one. Actually, I would have a few, but if there's just one thing that would stand out for me would be um, not to try to change your partner, uh, but instead uh, transform yourself first. First, uh, For me, it's really to uh, accept the other, which is uh, you, um, as um, an entire package in that sense, right? Um, because when I marry you, uh, when I marry the person, I marry her for the good and also the not so good so actually in marriage right um, I'm sure you can resonate with this Um, things get magnified um, in what don't during dating right you know we've had that uh, certain things where you can actually look past during uh, your dating season but actually in marriage it actually gets magnified so sometimes you have these uh, unreasonable expectations to uh, change uh, the other partner and that unreasonable expectation sometimes for me lah, actually would can lead to a certain resentment right so I think if that if, if that's something that I would leave to your listeners would be not to change uh, the other partner but to transform yourself first uh, it helps me feel much freer uh, if I don't have that expectations right so if I can't change my partner if I can't change you or can't change uh, the other party right I need to change my attitude about it Wow, that is some wisdom, honey. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think I can testify to it that, you know, I've never felt the pressure to become somebody or to become someone uh, just with living with you. I think I I myself uh, can testify that I am free to become who I am as an individual. And as a result of that, we are stronger as a couple as well. So thank you so much, honey, for sharing well that's the end of this episode it has been a huge privilege sharing this with you i've still so much to learn and a lifetime for it and i hope that it has been helpful to you in one way or another as a reminder or an encouragement to keep going and fighting for your marriages so drop me a comment leave me a note share this with friends and subscribe and follow and that would mean the world to me So until next time, more chit-chat soon.